Welcome to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge with your host, Carol McClelland-Fields. Within each show, Carol and her guests explore topics that give coaches, healers, and other change catalysts new concepts, tools, and insights that open up opportunities to flourish personally, professionally, and financially. And now, your host, Carol McClelland-Fields. Hello and welcome. I'm Carol McClelland-Fields, your host. In this episode of Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge, my guest Leanne Babcock and I will be exploring the inner nudge. Leanne is an expert in intuitive development. As a coach, speaker, intuitive, and author, she works with clients to help them heal their hearts, transform their minds, and set their spirits free, enabling people to naturally take actions to fill whatever is truly in their heart. Welcome, Leanne. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you, Carol. I'm really excited. We met, you were on an amazing journey and it all started by listening to your own inner nudge. Let's start with an overview so listeners can get a starting point for our conversation today. I'm going to put this in a brief synopsis. There's quite an unfolding journey that's led me to now and to when you and I first met just a year ago. I've done a lot of intuition work uh, since I was very young. So having had psychic experiences as a child and my parents were involved in consciousness expanding and meditation and that kind of thing. So I was really supported in educating myself in this way. Then I continued on studying psychology and I I created a business starting with uh, leadership training and coaching and then running courses on developing your intuition and running shamanic retreats. I worked really hard in my business in creating a lifestyle for myself uh, in New Zealand. So I had married a New Zealander almost 30 years ago and moved to New Zealand. I was running my business. I was married. I had a secure lifestyle and it was beautiful. And then (laughs) I received a really strong intuitive message to leave it all and to follow an inner calling. Now you got to know, like this was the last thing I was expecting. It just shook me to my roots. Why would I leave what I had? I was secure and comfortable. But what was really shaking me up so much is that the message that came to me was true. The truth of it kept percolating into the depths of me, and I had to follow that inner calling. And as I followed that inner calling and leaving all of that, it led me on this spiritual journey. Miracles began happening. It was as if the universe just uplifted me and let me know it was okay. I was just completely and totally supported. It totally transformed my life in a fabulous way. Now, I've written a book about all of this, the lifestyle, the shock, the conflict, the decision, the courage, and the journey to follow my own inner wisdom. I'm destined to be led on a path that is clearly unconventional. So that book is called Open Me, the true story of a magical journey from fear to freedom. 
And that leads me to how come I'm here now? Because this is how, after 29 years of living in New Zealand, I sold up everything there and I returned to my roots in Canada because I got another one of those strong intuitive messages that, that really rocked my world. Again, it felt so right to do that. And so arriving in Canada not long ago, I was feeling guided that I needed to tour with my book, not settle anywhere yet. And so for 12 months, I toured with my book, doing talks and workshops and selling my book right from coast to coast in North America. It was during this time that I met you. Yes. And I have written the second book, which is titled Real and Wild You, the self-coaching guide. And uh, this will be released in March 2019. Those messages that we receive that are, I would call them undeniable. Mm. We had one of those. And that's what led us to Oregon. We used to live in California. And one day we woke up, my husband and I, we were both uneasy about something and we talked about it and we realized in that moment, it was time to relocate and leave California, which is where I grew up. And all of a sudden, nope, not meant to be here anymore. And within mm. two days, we had selected where we were going to live. And two months later, we put our house on the market. And so I know that feeling of this undeniable that this is, yes, this is mm -hmm. what we need to do. And so it was astounding to me that we both, in one and a half hours of talking, wow. we were both fully committed to making this change. Mm -hmm. And it has led to much more intuitive living as well. What has this shift from a secure, comfortable life to a life guided by inner knowing taught you about life? Situations in life only seem secure, but they aren't really. I think this would be like the biggest, biggest, biggest lesson that I have learned, am learning. You know, when I was married and living in a beautiful home, I thought that was security. I would wake up each day and it would all be there. And I expected it to be there the next day. But you know, things happen and we never know what's going to happen, when's going to happen. In fact, life is happening moment by moment. There's always gradual little changes, but we don't really notice that because we're not looking for that. And, you know, because we're so busy holding on. And when something unexpected happens, we get really stressed. And we get really stressed because we're holding on to things, to staying secure. And we even do things to try and hold on to the security, which is really kind of weird because holding on to security is the most uncomfortable thing that you can possibly do because things are constantly in movement. But, you know, like I remember it being in this one relationship where my partner didn't want me to continue my friendship with another man. So I pushed my male friend away in order to please my partner, which long after that I regretted. You know, we do things to please other people, to hold on to somebody or a situation in order to be secure. It's actually, if we really look at it, it's all an illusion. The only security I have found that actually exists is our own inner knowing. My inner wisdom, call it intuition, inner nudge, my inner wisdom, it'll always have me at the right place at the right time. Listening to that, it always guides me. That's the only security that exists. And Knowing this guides me to feel freer and to live a life I truly want to live. I feel more confident and more alive. And sure, I keep catching myself wanting to hold on to things to feel more secure. 
you know, I think that, you know, it's probably part of a process of being human and continuing to learn. Yes, precisely. So let's go back for a moment to what you were saying about our only security is our inner knowing. Can you say more about that? Yeah. So when I stop and listen to what my inner nudge (laughs) is telling me, my inner knowing, I always end up in the right place at the right time. And that doesn't mean that everything is perfect and nothing goes wrong. No, it means that I'm navigating my life more wisely through challenges. You know, like for example, one time I was on the highway driving from California to British Columbia and I'm there in my truck camper and this orange light starts flashing on my dashboard. Now, you got to know, like, I'm just not technical. I'm not very good with my hands and fixing things. And so I start to freak out when these things happen. And it's like, oh, my God, what's happening? And, you know, is something going to go wrong with my truck? And what do I do? And, and I'm driving on the other side of the road that I'm used to in New Zealand. I feel pretty vulnerable. And so then I tell myself, okay, breathe, slow down, breathe. You know, when I do that, that's how I begin to access my, my intuition or my inner knowing. And my mind is trying to help me out. So I'm having these <laughs> thoughts like, you know, well, just punch into the GPS. It'll find the nearest garage that you can go to, right? So I'm, I'm punching things on my GPS. Meanwhile, my body's relaxing and I just feel drawn to take the next exit. The next exit on the highway is immediately there. Like it's not a kilometer away. It's like immediate. So my GPS hasn't even registered anything yet. My mind is going, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't even know where I'm turning off. And I turn off and it's this really small town. There's a garage right there immediately on the left. It's almost like he's waiting for me. The air pressure in my tires needed fixing. And so he sorted that out. He even fixed my air conditioning that was leaking. And he didn't charge me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. Another example of listening to my inner knowing and just letting myself be guided by it. So this was after being on the road. I was meditating on where to go to next. And I kind of had an inkling. I could feel it in my gut. I just knew I was going to stay in Canada for the winter. And so I'm fantasizing about going to Bancroft, which is north in Ontario. And I thought, if I'm going to be in snow, get in the snow, right? I would rent a little cottage and I'd be writing my next book. And so I'm meditating. And the answer that comes is Toronto. Now, wow. I know. I, I know. <laughs> so I'm like, Toronto? But there's lots of people there. And it's, you know, hard to drive around. And, you know, anyway, it was okay. Uh, to Toronto it is. And within three days, I was in touch with a friend of a friend who offered me a place to stay at her place. Th- that was sorted. Then here in Toronto, I am meeting so many wonderful people. I'm making great contacts for my business. Honestly, it's the perfect place for me to be. Isn't that fascinating? You mentioned at the very beginning that you have quite a background in intuition and listening. So could you just give us a little bit of your background that gave you the skills and insights to lean into your intuition as fully as you have? Mm. So from my humble beginnings, studying intuition development from when I was 12 and teaching intuition as well from the age of 13, I've just continued practicing and training myself, but also the experiences I had along the way just kept validating it again and again and again. For example, one time I was walking in the forest and I lost my way. Like I really lost my way. 
I'm not really highly skilled in the forest. I'm good if I'm with someone who knows the path, but I was by myself. And so I started to panic. And again, I just slowed myself down. I started to breathe really deeply in my belly. And then I just walked. And so a little bit like your GPS, you're not sure which direction you're going in, but you just start driving. You know, your GPS has been figured out and it goes recalculating and it, you know, comes up with the route for wherever you are now. So I knew just move and your intuition is going to kick in. Something will guide you on where to go. As I was walking, I saw this image of this bush. And at the same time, I heard these words in my head that said, go that way. And I thought, I just saw that bush. And I turned around and I had just walked past it. I then went back and went to the bush and I saw this little kind of dirt path. And I followed that little dirt path. Well, if it didn't lead me to the main path that I was looking for right there. So, you know, just experiences that keep validating the listening, you know, because it isn't something that's tangible. It's not like someone coming along and going, okay, now, you know, walk that way or you should do this. It's actually very subtle. And I continued my passion in how our psyche works. And so that led me to study psychology and different streams of psychology as well, like transactional analysis, hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, multiple brain integration techniques, which is about working with your heart brain, your gut brain, and your head brain, intuitive studies and shamanism. And what I found is that all of these are in some way they're connected with working with our own innate inner wisdom. Beautiful. It's fascinating to hear the depth of your background and that you were awakened to this so early in your life. Not everybody Mm. has that experience, right? And yet you have, and look where it's taken you. It's taken you to a place where you're able to bring this awareness to other people. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. It was a very vulnerable and sensitive beginning. My (laughs) own struggle with my own sensitivity and my own vulnerability, Mm. which you know, has led me on a path of tremendous insecurity issues. And I think all of that is just from sensitivity. And that's what I share a lot in my book, Open Me. And a lot of people relate with it because you know what? That's where we all connect. It's in our sensitivities. It's in our vulnerabilities. We all feel those levels of insecurity, but nobody dares to say anything about it. And I have found that in the sharing of that, that's where I find my strength. Well, and I think change catalysts are, by definition, very sensitive. It's why we do our work. It's how we do our work. It's our sensitivity, our intuition, our inner knowings is precisely what allows us to work with other people. I would agree that sensitivities have not always been honored in our societies. And Mm. so we have tried to squash them ourselves or we haven't understood them. I am very sensitive as well, and it shows up in slightly different ways, but I think it's becoming more acceptable and more honored, but growing up, I don't think it was as much. Get over it, basically, (laughs) was the message back then. So so let's talk a little bit about, you know, when people talk about listening to their inner knowing and their intuition, they know how it works because they've lived it. Mm. But there are listeners out there who haven't already experienced this. 
And I'd like to explore a bit about how you felt when you were receiving these messages and then how you worked with that energy. Right. So everyone gets intuitive messages and we just might not notice it as our intuition working. For example, let's just say you're walking out the door and you get a little message and it's take your umbrella. Mm-hmm. Now it might, you know, like it might just be, you know, you just kind of have a sense. Oh, maybe you should take my umbrella. Or maybe actually you can hear the words in your head or whatever. Maybe you take your umbrella. Maybe you don't. Either way, as you go on your day, you realized that you needed your umbrella. Yes. So, you know, that's an intuitive message. And, but when I received niggles, nudges, messages about moving back to Canada, I received that same message from different angles. So sometimes it happens like this as well. I started dreaming about moving back to Canada. You know, so at first it's just a dream and I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, okay. Then this one morning I woke up out of a dream completely. I don't even remember what I was dreaming. And it was like this whole knowing in my body. Oh my God, I'm moving back to Canada. I just looked around the room as if something had changed right then and there, you know? And then I was talking with some clients I hadn't seen in a while. And two clients uh, independently said something like, I thought you had moved back to Canada. And I remember thinking, gosh, that's an odd thing for them to say. Why would they say that? And so then I was getting just these little nudges that would be coming from dreams or other people. Every once in a while, I could just hear this little voice. Maybe I should go back to Canada. But I didn't want to. I love New Zealand. (laughs) This one time I was going to see a psychic healer. And as I'm driving there, I told the universe, okay, if I'm to move back to Canada, I want that message to come through this guy so clear that I don't have to interpret the message at all. And so he did a really lovely healing session at the very end of the session, just as I was leaving. And I told him nothing about me. He said, oh, by the way, you're moving back to Canada. Wow. Just like that. I know. (laughs) So I'm driving home kind of in a bit of a daze. I'm thinking, I love where I live. I'd created this nice little nest for myself. I had my own little home and my flowers and my gardens and a cat. I mean, that's the last thing I wanted to do because I loved it. And you know, for a little while I hung on, I didn't want to leave. I I don't have to listen to that message, even though it's a message. (laughs) Uh, And as I continued to hang on, I noticed some things around me happen and my work started to taper off a little bit. A couple issues popped up with neighbors that wouldn't be able to be resolved with me. Which is really interesting because like I'd been there and then there'd be no issue, no issue. And then all of a sudden, issue. One of them was about cutting down the oldest tree on my property. And Uh that's not going to happen as long as I live there. And it escalated. And I thought, this is crazy. It was like these were signs letting me know that my time here was done. I was being guided to move somewhere else. And so I really had to face the strength of the message. And I knew, I knew it was the truth. I I could feel it in my whole body. I knew I needed to move back to Canada, but it was just a big thing to deal with. Actually, I was scared. Being away for 30 years, I have to start up my business all over again. And it was a really big deal. But you know what? Once I decided, once I said, okay, I'm coming, everything fell into place. I sold my house for the highest price (laughs) in the market. And the guy who bought my house, he bought all of my furniture. 
Like talk about making it easy. When I arrived in Canada, I was welcomed by so many people and I immediately found myself connected with a woman's circle. So I, I had a loving support, which is just so what I needed, knowing the journey I had come from and the journey that I have yet to face. And so now from where I stand, oh my gosh, everything just feels so right. And looking back at my work and my business in New Zealand, I had been wanting to break out into something. I'm not sure, something bigger. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know how, but I kind of felt a little bit stagnant. But I couldn't admit it at the time, but looking back, right? And yeah, so, you probably couldn't even see it at the time, really. I mean, you could, but not the degree of it. Yeah. Of how no. stagnant things really were. Yeah. 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 But my intuition had been nudging me for a while. It's interesting when you talk about things tapering off and things not working. When we made the decision to move to Oregon, mm. looking back, I had nine months of things really not working. And I was actively trying to, quote unquote, make them work and nothing, nothing would be made to work. <laughs> it was clear that things were not working, but I was believing that they were. Yeah. And once I got out, just like you, I was like, oh, now I see it. It's so obvious. Mm -hmm. But when I was in it, that stall, that pushing so hard to try to get anything positive to happen and nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. And with my business, with anything really. Yeah. And so I can totally relate to what you're saying about sometimes when we look back that we can see the signs or I have had friends since then who kind of got the vibe to move just like I had and because they had watched me do it and they mm -hmm. saw how it worked out. And there's like five or six people I know quite well who within the last two or three years have all just up and moved. So we can model this. Each other. Yeah, yeah, we can model this. And so if somebody reads your book and they're starting to feel that nudge or that nickel, then, you know, maybe they'll go, oh, okay, I get it. I get what's happening. And they'll, they'll see it more quickly than mm -hmm. um, we were able mm -hmm. to see it ourselves. So yeah. let's backtrack even more now and talk about intuition. It's a word that we yeah. use quite frequently, but what is it really? Mm. I, I just put it in simple terms like, like this. So firstly, we now know that electromagnetic energy flows through everything on planet Earth. I mean, scientists can now measure it and even take photos of it. And we can see this web of energy flowing from all the plants and trees and the Earth and humans. So I remember once seeing this photograph, uh, this is in a documentary, and it was a photograph of the sky. And it was at night sky, beautiful stars. And then we were shown another photograph. Uh, at first I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's a photograph of inside the brain because it will look like all these neurons connected and with each other. But it was actually the exact same portion of the sky, but it was taken with a special camera that could take electromagnetic energy. Oh, wow. And we're part of a web. So we're part of an ecosystem of energy that is communicating to us and we're communicating with it. This is how our intuition works. We pick up on that communication from the energy web. Each one of us senses this energy differently. We just might not be aware that the information we're picking up on is our intuition at work. For example, what I mentioned earlier about take your umbrella 
And so I, I often use the metaphor that our intuition is like plumbing. There are pipelines of information coming into us and we interpret this information through different sensing channels, each of us. Intuition is innate. It's natural for all of us to receive intuition, but we just might not have been discerning it. I'd like to talk about the possible channels because I don't know that that's really discussed that often, but I think it's helpful for people to go, oh, well, that's how I do it. And they never have thought about that channel of information as intuition. Mm -hmm. So intuition can come in through seeing. When I mentioned earlier that story about being lost in the forest and I had a vision of a bush I had just passed, um, or it can be through hearing. For example, I can hear words in my mind, go this way. Or it can be through knowing. Example of when I woke up from a dream and I just knew that I was moving back to Canada. With the knowing channel, there's no reason for it. <laughs> like, you know, someone who, <laughs> who works a lot from this intuitive channel, they can't explain how they know or why they know. There's no logic connected with it. Um, and then the feeling channel is when you get a feeling for something. And so it might even be when I've had that feeling to take the next exit. There was no knowing there. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear any words. It was just like my body wanted to go that way. And so I paid attention to that. And our intuition can also flow via other people and the environment. As we're all connected in this energetic web, sometimes someone might come up to you and just say the very thing you needed to hear. You know, that's your intuition working. It's just working in through them. I've heard people change their lives because of a billboard. Oh, God, yes. You know, they got a billboard message. <laughs> yeah. Or a book <laughs> fell off the shelf. I had people tell me that my book falls off the shelf and yeah. lands in their hands, literally. So it's really lovely how it works. And also animals. You know, like animals are communicating uh, with us too. You know, and I've got many stories of that. One time I was stumped. I was working on a big project and I was really trying to get things going, but every door I tried was just closed. And so I went for a walk because you see walking in nature relaxes me and is also a very resourceful place to go. We can also connect with more earth energy when we're in the forest or the bush. And so the question I held in my mind was, how do I move forward with this project? And I was just walking around and I noticed there was a bench and there was a bird on the pine tree right by the bench. And so I sat down on the bench and I watched the bird. It just caught my attention, right? And so it was just sitting on a branch and then it stayed there for a couple seconds and then it jumped to the next branch above it, which was about a foot again, jumped to the next branch above that. And then it hopped to the branch above it, which was just about one foot above it. And I'm watching this bird and I'm thinking, now what odd behavior? You know, why doesn't the bird just fly to the branches higher? Why doesn't it fly to another tree? It just kept hopping to the next branch, to the next branch. And each branch was actually quite close. And then all of a sudden I got my answer. See, my question was, how do I get myself unstuck? And the answer was, just take the next step that's the closest to you. And I realized that I kept looking for the big leaps to take. And I was trying to take these big leaps and those doors weren't open yet. And yes. so all of a sudden I had a flood of actions I knew I could take. It was just fantastic because I mean, I'd been stewing on this for like two weeks. I'd not been able to move this project. 
I would just say, relating to the seeing, hearing, knowing, and feeling, that I often tap into all four of those in my work with developing the work that I'm developing and, of course, working with clients. And often for myself, when I'm stumped on something, creating a model or creating something, I will literally get a flash of a picture of how to organize it. And I can be walking the hall, I can be taking a shower, I can be taking a walk, I can be eating my breakfast, and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I see something Mm -hmm. that gives me the infrastructure. It's not showing me every little piece, but as soon as I see how to organize it, the rest just comes to me. And certainly our decision to relocate was a knowing. Mm -hmm. I do hear words. Usually when I'm sitting quietly, I will hear. And it's not a hearing like it's outside of my head. It's more of a hearing inside my head. Mm -hmm. And then I definitely use the feeling sensation. I will look at my to-do list and look to see what feels like the right thing to do next rather than what should I be doing. What feels like the next thing to do. I was a very mental child. I grew up very academically minded. And it was only after my father died when I was 26 when my intuition came to the forefront and began to guide my life more Mm. and more. And it was so foreign from the logical, linear, scientific way that I had grown up. And so it felt like I was, you know, on this new frontier. I was like, whoa, how do I do this? Okay, well, that worked. All right. And so I kept, I kept going. Yeah, I'm glad that you shared about your intuition channels too, because you see some of our sensing channels, intuition channels work better than others. And we can learn to develop them all. You know, so sounds like you've, you know, on your journey have learned to develop them all and, you know, work with each one. The biggest key is to trust, is to trust your own channel and not compare it with anybody else's. That's something I did a lot when I was younger and developing my intuition. I remember being with a group of people and people were sharing these stories about how their intuition had guided them and They had these really clear messages. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, I don't get any clear messages. I was in my early 20s and I knew everyone had intuition, but I just really didn't trust mine because I was just too busy comparing everybody else's. And I didn't get those big visual images like movie screens, like other people were talking about. I was so busy looking at their intuition that I wasn't looking at how mine was working. And at that time I was picking up Uh, things a lot through my feelings and then not understanding how to interpret that because with our feeling intuition channel, we can often pick up other people's feelings and then not realize that there's somebody else's. We claim them as our own. And so it's really important to learn how your intuition works so that you can, you know, learn how to develop it and learn how to work with it. If you pick up someone else's headache and then you check in with, is this my headache or somebody else's and can let it go. You don't have to keep somebody else's headache. It really is. It's a journey of trust and it takes courage. It takes courage to listen and take responsibility for the outcomes of what we do following our intuition. Yes. And I just had an insight when you were talking about this. I remember being in a shamanic workshop and we were doing journeys and people were coming up with these fabulous tales about where they were going and who they were seeing and the gifts they were receiving. And I got nothing. 
And then after the workshop was over, I had a day of my own in the mountains there. And I realized that my way of seeing is really through metaphors, mm -hmm. like your bird story. Mm -hmm. And it's not about a, a meditative or shamanic journey that I go through, but I can look out into the world, especially in nature. I can spot the metaphors that I need to see in that moment. And so <laughs> it's a way of seeing, mm -hmm. it's still seeing, it's just a different form. It's a different channel. I'm very visual and yet I don't do the journeying visuals, but I do see metaphors and I can, I can find the wisdom in those metaphors. And that's really a lot of what my work is about with my seasons of change is that seasonal mm -hmm. metaphors. Yes. So Beautiful. thank you. Wow. I, I really think it's important for us to talk about the different channels and encourage people to experiment and encourage people to see what's true for them and not to discount their own experience. Yes. So thank you for sharing all of that. Mm. In our earlier conversation, you used a phrase that I really liked and it resonates with the way I'm thinking about our times right now. You talked about the extraordinary issues of our time. And you mentioned climate and racial issues, gender, relationships, financial, and political. And I wanted to just take a moment, since this radio podcast is all about changing times, I'd love to hear your perspective on where you feel we are right now in this era. Hmm. We are dealing with these issues in, in our lives every day. And I'm reminded of an Einstein quote. Well, he's quoted as saying, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. As I reflect on that, it's like our circumstances, these issues of our times right now, they're really calling for a different kind of thinking. Like We can't solve them from the same thinking that they got created in. And so it's like, it's calling for a wiser consciousness. And I believe that, you know, when circumstances happen in my life, that they're always evoking from me a part of myself that hasn't shown up yet or to develop or practice and strengthen. This wiser, expanded consciousness that these circumstances are calling for at this time that we live in, I believe is inside of us. I believe mm. it's actually what we tap into when we meditate, when we walk in nature, when we slow down to listen, and we go inside to our deep inner wisdom. Our deep inner wisdom, it's not guided by rules and societal norms and other people's opinions of what the best thing is or cultural morals or beliefs or shoulds. From my experience, from the things I've been sharing, is that my deep inner wisdom is guided by the best interest of all. It's this expanded consciousness that I believe can really guide us a way to get off the railroad tracks of conventional thinking and to pioneer a new path, a new world. And it's going to take courage to listen to that deep inner wisdom. But I really believe that that's the way forward here. Yes, that's what's being called for. I love the railroad tack analogy. I, I think that's precious. I've not heard that before. The wiser consciousness, I think, is a, a lovely term to tap us into something beyond what we're used to bringing to our lives. It's asking us to really deepen 
Mm-hmm. And that's precisely why I created this show was to help change catalysts really deepen their connection with our times and rise up with new skills so that we can support the people around us and our communities to navigate what's happening. I love that, Carol. I think what you've created here is great. Thank you. I know that there are skills that we can develop to help us navigate whatever is brought to us, mm-hmm. whether by choice or not. And so I wanted to finish up this show with talking about how can those who are just beginning their journey of listening to that inner nudge, how can they start cultivating their own inner knowing? Hmm. So our world is so noisy. There's so many distractions, the internet, entertainment, and all of that's really great. It's just that there's so much of it. I know myself, I can, I open up Facebook and one hour's gone when I thought it was just 10 minutes. We live in a really noisy world and it's really important to take time out of that and to slow down because we can't hear, we can't listen to our deep inner wisdom if we're keeping ourselves so noisy and noisy inside of our heads. And so slowing down, pausing and meditating to access those answers and wisdom inside. And, you know, when I say meditate, it doesn't even have to be a really big sit for half an hour and and still your mind. My mind doesn't still, my mind kind of keeps going for it. And so meditation actually is very simple and it's the practice of keeping your focus on something. That's all. And so just choose whatever it is. Oftentimes it might be the experience of your breath going in your nose and out your nose, in your nose. And and so you just keep your focus of attention on the sensation of your breath going in and out of your nose. And you do that for five minutes, let's say. It doesn't have to even be a really long time. But what you'll find is even that is a challenge. But that's what meditation is. Meditation is developing the muscle of practicing, keeping your focus on something, or bringing your focus back to something, because your mind's going to wander, because that's what it does. Even spending time in nature and just going for a walk, there is wisdom in there, like you shared earlier. Absolutely. All right. And then for Change Catalysts who are accompanying clients during this opening and awakening, what do you suggest that they incorporate into their life? Great question. Because us Change Catalysts, we're holding the context for our clients to open themselves to their own deep inner wisdom. And so it's really important, uh, firstly, to keep a daily routine or ritual that supports us to be grounded and tapped into our source of inner wisdom. So whatever that looks like. For me, I have a daily ritual. I do a little meditation. I say some prayers to acknowledge all of the directions. So that's my sacred practice. The next one is to take time, no matter how brief, to meditate and get present. Two minutes would be good. A breathing exercise and meditate at the same time. We don't have to make these big. But it's the habit. It's the regularity of doing it every day. The third thing is 
Get into the habit of clearing your room or your space where you work with your clients after each client visit. It's important. And again, it could be something simple. It might be that you want to smudge or use crystals or light a candle or open a window or do some breathing or just imagine a white light clearing your energetic field in your room before the next person walks in. So those would be some things for the change catalysts and then for them to support their clients. It depends on where people are at. You know, sometimes people are change catalysts as well. And so, but probably the first thing that I would recommend would be just to help people put in place some simple meditation routine to start with and then add any of the above rituals or routines. Yes. When I work with clients who are going through a major transition, this is definitely one of mm -hmm. the steps that I encourage people to do. And one of the key things yeah. to start with is creating oases of time. Mm. So finding the pockets of time that they can claim as their own so that they can sit down and be present so they can breathe. Yes, uh, and great. for busy people, mothers, fathers, people running around with a lot of different uh, responsibilities, mm -hmm. finding those moments of time that are theirs is, is a key awakening. Mm -hmm. And finding ways to create those is, is one of the biggest priorities, I think, to enable them to do everything that you're talking about, which yeah. is exactly what I would recommend. Well, let's now share with our listeners how they can learn more about you. And let's talk a little bit about the work that you do with clients. Okay. And so when, when people engage in my one-on-one -on -one work or my group work, there is something important that they want. They don't have to really even be clear about that, but, you know, like I work with them to do that. But mostly what they want is to feel free inside or freer inside, you know, whether it is they want to accomplish something or they want to alter some pattern in their life or they want to, they want to fulfill more of who they really are. And my one-on-one -on -one work and group work opens a pathway where people's minds transform, their hearts heal, and it frees the spirit to naturally be taking actions that fulfill a life that brings people joy. I love the work that I do. My books support that work. And a lot of my work is online, virtual, so I can be anywhere. My clients can be anywhere. And having said that, though, I have been touring a lot through North America. And so wherever I am, I physically offer in-person events as well. Beautiful. I always like to ask this question as well, because change catalysts are often in the process of evolving their work in some way. So what is on your growing edge? Mm -hmm. Forever listening to my inner nudge and being guided to where it takes me. That's a, an ongoing journey there. You know, it doesn't mean, though, that I'm passively waiting around until something tells me what to do. For me, it means that I'm, I'm holding a vision of, of something, so, but guided by my intuition, right? I'll create a vision. And then I let go of my plan for it. 
I hold the vision, let go of my plan for it. <laughs> I might actually create a little plan so I can get into action, but I got to let go of it so that I can allow the universe to contribute to my plan. You know, if I'm so stuck on following what I, my agenda, I'm not always awake and aware and open to the contributions of the universe and, and just keep listening. And by the way, this is one of the chapters of my book, which is hold the vision and let go of your plan. Awesome. So which book is that? I know you have a couple. I do. I introduced that concept in my first book, Open Me, the true story of a magical journey from fear to freedom. And that's kind of woven into the story because it's like a novel. My second book, Real and Wild You, Your Daring and Magical Inner Journey, that one is a self-coaching guide. And one of the lessons is actually titled, Hold Your Vision, Let Go of Your Plan. So we Wonderful. delve more into that. Wonderful. So what's the best way for people to find out more about you? To go to my website, uh, which is leannebabcock.ca. There you'll find out what I'm up to, the events, sign up for my newsletter. I'm also on Facebook. And so look me up there and you know, send me a note, friend me there, because I'm pretty much keeping a live diary of what I'm up to. Beautiful. I want to let the listeners know that I will have Leanne's resources on my website at www.flourishasachangecatalyst forward slash radio. And they will also be listed on the show page on the radio station inspirednewsradio.com. And you can just go to my host page, Carol McClellan Fields, and find the links to Leanne's episode, as well as all the other episodes that we've done. Uh, Leanne, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, um, Carol. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? One last thing. Listen to yourself and your own inner wisdom and trust. Uh, yes. That would be the, the main message. Just lean in and follow the inner nudge and see where it takes you with your life, with mm -hmm. your family, with your work. There's a lot that it, the inner nudge can share with us that can transform our lives and the way we live. Mm -hmm. So again, to explore Leanne's resources, the website is flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio. And I will have links to her resources as well as the previous episodes. And thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for more ways you can flourish as a change catalyst at the growing edge. been listening to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge on InspiredNewsRadio.com with Carol McClelland Fields. Tune in regularly to hear more ways you can flourish as a change catalyst.